Hello and welcome to the BoulderCast podcast. This is Andy Kren, also known as Dr. Kren, just a few weeks ago. woo Yeah, Mr. PhD! <laughs> Joining with us, we also have Ben Castellani. Hey, everybody! And we have our special guest today, Joseph Lee, Joseph Woo-hoo. the Brosoph. Brosoph! <laughs> Who is from Cornell. <laughs> and yeah. we first wanted to tell you a couple things why we create this podcast and also how we all came to know each other so ben and i go back about five years um we both um good old days we we both got a tour of university of colorado to decide if we were going to accept the position to be a research assistant and go into a phd program in atmospheric science at cu in boulder colorado Ben is from western Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. The middle part of nowhere, basically. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> I'm from St. Louis, and we uh, we met one, one evening during the, uh, the tour one night um, outside the hotel, and he was wearing this Atlanta Thrashers t-shirt. Yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this guy seems uh, relatively... He pretty, likes hockey. He's pretty probably nice. pretty cool. Pretty nice and not very harmful, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'll talk to Of course to him. he has to be if he likes the thrashers. <laughs> and uh it just kind of kinda of grew from there. We just kind of randomly talked about sports and hockey and he would uh Yeah, we got rant, a lot in common. He would rant about the blues being terrible and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah. And we ended up being roommates for about three years through the grad program. And after which, um, lots of long studying nights. <laughs> after which, we got separate uh, separate apartments. After that, but that's kind of how the friendship grew. And Joseph came into the into the story a few years ago, or um, not a few years actually, less than less a year than, ago. Less than a year. Ago. <laughs> less than a year ago, if he wants to tell the story. Uh, we went on a, we went on a hike together, and that's how I meet. Uh, Dude, it was a fourteener. It wasn't just a hike. Yeah, that's true. That's Beerstadt. Mount Beerstadt. Yep. Yeah, the world's busiest fourteener. Probably you had to get there about six seven a.m. The parking barely, lot gets very barely short. got a parking spot. <laughs> Parked like a quarter mile away. <laughs> parking lots gets pretty full that around that time, so you have to get there early enough. So that's how we got to know Joseph and. He's also in the program with us at CU, Atmospheric Science. Well, He's in his second you two graduated. I'm still the only one in the program right now. He's in his third year? No, yeah. I'm second year. Jesus. Second year? He's ending his second year. He's going into his yeah. third year. Basically yeah. a third year. Yeah, technically. You're right. You're he's, right. A, he's a young Dr. Kren. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we all know each other. And right now we're recording the podcast from Ben's apartment. Um, we have a couple cats around with us as well, so <laughs> one's laying on the floor and trying to get cuddled, but yeah, we have to record this podcast. <laughs> they like rain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so All right, so what are we so what are we gonna talk about today, guys? So we first wanna tell you we have this new website, it's called bouldercast.com. One word, bouldercast. You know, you can get your weather forecast from say Weather Underground, you can get it from the National Weather Service, the Weather Channel, but these forecasts aren't tailored to specifically Boulder County. So this website is mainly focused for Boulder County as well as the foothills and... Mostly Denver, really. Mostly Denver. So we focus primarily on Boulder to give you an in-depth forecast and the most accurate in the area. Yeah, I mean, if you're following the forecast for Denver, you know, you're going to walk outside in Boulder and be completely surprised by what you get. It's going to be completely different than what the, the weather guys said. Yeah. Because you know, a... they're really focused on downtown Denver, especially, you know, the news channels. And, yeah, the weather channel is just plain garbage. Don't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to go with the weather channel. They don't know what they're talking about. So, so, so yeah, we're looking to, you know, give you guys better forecasts, more interesting information, and, you know, tell it in a way that you will maybe learn something. And the second thing is, all three of us are weather weenies, so we, if if you go into meteorology and atmospheric science, you start out as a weather weenie, for the most part, at least myself. Yeah, there's always something that draws you in. Yeah, and Something stupid that gets you interested. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, yeah, we've all been doing this for 
what, 10 years now? I don't know. I've been doing it Studying since, atmospheric science? Yeah, since grade school, basically. You probably did wow. it for like 15 years. <laughs> I, got a, I got at least 10 years. Basically a third this. of my life in school. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, you know, we really enjoy the weather, talking about it, writing about it, you know, spreading the word, informing people. Arguing about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we just had like a 30-minute argument about the smallest little weather detail right before we started recording. Oh, yeah. So we'll try to spare you guys from those. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. Yeah. Like you said, we're kind of weather nerds. Yeah. So with that, we will start with the podcast. And the way that this podcast for this session is going to work, we're going to talk about the previous weather that we had the past week over Boulder. Um, then we'll go into the forecast for next week, focusing on the commencement weekend for the graduates, which will be Saturday, May 9th at 8.30 in the morning at Folsom Stadium, if you want to go to it. And we'll also discuss the month ahead, going into the month of May. Um, as we record this podcast, we're starting out at the beginning of May, so that's perfect timing there. And we'll end the podcast after that with a couple shout-outs and telling you how you can find more information about BoulderCast. Sounds good to me. So the first thing we want to talk about is kind of look at what happened the past week in um, Boulder, which was towards the end of April into the beginning of into the the end of April into the beginning of May. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Got that. Got that timing so, right. That's important. <laughs> oh yeah. So we had a. So what happened last week, guys? We had a late a late season snowstorm that moved. Oh uh, yeah, that's um, right. We had a cutoff low pressure system, I believe, that. Uh, Brought up to a foot in uh, parts of the east of the east, east of the divide, parts of like the Loveland ski area, Winter Park, which was actually Winter Park's last ski weekend, had up to a foot of snow that weekend. It was mostly Saturday and Sunday. And so, what was interesting about that storm? Well, so what happened in Boulder? I guess so. It was a pretty warm storm. It was pretty warm. Yeah, there was you know there's some. Debate how far the snow levels would come down, but it turns out I think they ended up not really getting below like 7,500 feet. Yeah, which had implications for the forecast um, of what we initially thought was going to happen. Uh, we thought the foothills uh, above like what 6,500 feet or, or so were yeah. going to get mostly maybe a couple feet. A couple or, feet? No. Or a foot of snow? No, yeah. not even that. We were shooting right. for, you know. Two to six inches in the, you know, Netherland area. You know, getting a little bit higher towards Eldora Ski Resort. and you know, The highest totals were, you know, in the big mountains. I think our forecast was pretty good overall. Um, there was just a little bit less snow in the foothills than we expected. You yeah. know, Netherland only got maybe three or four inches. And, you know, most of the foothills places only had a couple inches. Um, but, you know, places like Loveland got a lot. Yeah, it did. It got to maybe like eight, eight to 12 inches of snow um winter park got about 10 inches as well so yeah what about boulder we got a pretty good dose of rain pretty good dose of rain saturday night into sunday i think we ended up getting like 1.35 inches or so in boulder over the about 36 hour rain period so which is good news yeah because most of march was pretty dry pretty dry yeah yeah march was brutal looked like it was going downhill for Another fire season, but... Yeah, I think we'll have, like, some... We would think about having some fire hazard in the summer, but this snowstorm, or rainstorm, actually relieved that danger. Yeah, it's actually, danger. Been, it's actually been really active over the last two weeks. So that was yeah. two yeah. week two weekends in a row we got a big storm. Yeah, it feels like upstate New York again. Oh, <laughs> yeah, constant rain, constant clouds. Don't see the sun. Yeah, it's been a lot like that here lately, but yeah, it's been it looks active, like it's going to continue. So, been active storm track of several low pressure systems moving in from the west coast, and some some sometimes cutting off and centering over Colorado. That was the storm that happened last weekend, but you know this week's been kind of a um, you know unstable moist air mass kind of sitting over Colorado. Some. Yeah, after a couple of features moving across the state, firing off some storm, you know, general instability for the state, especially in the afternoon. 
Yeah. yeah, we had storms almost every day this week. Yeah, and uh, Thursday and actually this this Friday, um, we had a little bit of some pea-sized hail, which mm-hmm. was very brief. There was a good cell that moved from the foothills into Boulder. Um, it actually exploded as it went further east into Denver, which typically happens. Yep, always, always gets us. Always <laughs> never get anything exciting here. And, always uh, storms. And funny story there, I was actually... Um, I went to the series rendezvous poster session today, um, and I kind of got stuck in the storm biking home, so I actually live in Gun Barrel, so it takes about half hour to get back home, so I took the <laughs> I took the famous Boulder Creek path, and it started getting pretty heavy, so... Are you actually, watching it on radar? Are you watching it develop? I wasn't watching it on radar, you but saw I could it? You're like, oh man, I'm going to try to beat that storm home. <laughs> I thought I could beat it, because I you saw always... uh, getting pretty cloudy over boulder like i'll make it <laughs> so what was the setup of the storm so well i mean go just, for it. i mean just basically four we had pretty high capes over the area today we had yeah. available potential energy so i don't know what the values exactly were we had a cold front. over a thousand we had a cold front that pushed through yesterday evening mm-hmm. so we had a little bit of easterly flow the yeah, there were some good low clouds this morning. For some upslope conditions over Boulder County. And we had an upper-level disturbance kind of pushing through the Rockies that was giving us westerly flow aloft for upper-level diversions. Um, and that was coupling with the upper-level, or low-level easterly flow mm-hmm, for, yeah. combined with the instability. So that was kind of the combination. Combination of those two factors. So we had the upper-level... You know, features going on all week, but it was only really until today we had the low-level stuff contributing, and maybe last night a little bit. Yeah, but we barely got yeah, yesterday any well. precip. Um, I don't know what the rainfall total was today, but I know yesterday it was less than a tenth of an inch. Yeah, and most yeah. of it was like right around midnight. Today is probably like point one so yeah. far because it was raining pretty hard in for the like afternoon for like ten. 20- yeah. 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. 10 15 minutes. It was yeah. downpouring. Yeah, every wow. little bit helps. Keep it nice and green around here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been very green in Boulder, and hope that continues. Last year was really good, too, for being green. Right? Wasn't it, it green was. all the way into August? And like <laughs> Last year, yeah, we didn't have one major fire, and we had one small one in parts of western Colorado, I believe. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was a pretty fireless season which was good news but we still had all that smoke from like, yeah, all Idaho, that smoke from Idaho yeah. <laughs> kept and, giving us smoky days and, and from Canada I believe Alberta or something yeah, like that. yeah. ruin ruining our uh, mountain views which seems to happen you, if you ever get <coughs> family members or friends that come into town it's either a lot of smoke in the area and you can't see the mountains or you get a heavy rainstorm that comes in <laughs> yep so either way you're not seeing those mountains when you have people visiting Speaking of which, you guys, I read an article. Remember, do you remember like last week it was kind of like hazy out a little bit? I remember. Like that. maybe like there was like three or four days it was like randomly hazy. Yeah, can't yeah. really see a flat lines. So I was reading this news article. There was somebody was doing um, what's that called? Trajectory analysis on the air masses over. This was like for like Seattle though, or Northern California or something. Where you can track, but, track where it originated yeah. from, I guess. And he, he, this guy, these runs that he made, tracked them all the way back to Siberia, where these huge forest fires are burning. Siberia? Yeah. And he's basically... To America? Yeah, man. Oh, wow. And anyway, wow. he had all, the, they had all these... Um, I don't know. Yeah, so I believed it. He yeah. tracked it back, the different layers of the atmosphere. He was start doing it like... I think he was doing it in San Francisco or something. At, you know, starting at the surface and then like... One kilometer up and two kilometer up, and you know, some of the layers were tracing back to to Siberia. So hmm. I don't know if that's what was going on here, but it kind of was weird. It was just to um, see. It was a little the hazy. Haze. And the humidity was so low. So I don't know. It was a little hazy. What Thursday when the cold front pushed through, or yeah, uh, earlier. So maybe is that part of that too? No, yeah. I'm guessing that was probably dust, right? With um, with the front, you mean? Or? Yeah, just the gusty winds coming in. Yeah, it could blowing be. down from the plains to the northeast. That usually kind of happens. You kind of get that hazy, hazy Eastern, haziness yeah. with the fronts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It's been really wet lately, so I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. But, yeah, that was something, so. Anything else we want to say about this past week's weather? or Before oh. we go on to... Uh, 
No, not the, the upcoming Duke's forecast. <laughs> Yesterday we were dangerously close to breaking the record low, the record high low temperature for Boulder. And what was that? What's the record? Well, the record was fifty-eight, I believe. So the low, so the overnight low was basically the warmest ever was. It only dropped down to fifty-eight. And I think yesterday we got down to like fifty-four. Ooh. Wow, it wasn't close. super close, but you know we actually had an end of period low, so it kind of ruined it. You know, but in the morning it was a little bit warmer than that. I think so. Is this the official Boulder Airport measurement, or is this from Skywatch? Skywatch is the um, measurement site on top of the Dwayne Physics Building on the C- CU campus. Yeah, it's run by our department. <laughs> kind of our department. Yeah, in the physics too, I guess. Huh? Our department's everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's run by somebody that maybe in the atmospheric department. We're in <laughs> Dwayne, Ronnie's campus. We're moving into a new building um, next fall, which is McAllister Building. I'll be welcome. Get us out of the stadium. I mean, we're not gonna be there again, really, but. Yeah, we're graduated, but Joseph will have to suffer through that. He doesn't have to go to the stadium anymore and be shoved into a corner. <sighs> he can play ping pong on East Campus. They have a ping pong table in the last building. <laughs> That's the benefit, I guess. <laughs> Talk about weather while hitting some, hitting hitting some, some ping, ping pong. Hit some balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit some balls. Hit some about balls. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, there was, it was pretty warm yesterday. I think the Boulder Airport got to 82 degrees. Oh, was 82? Yeah, and Skywatch got to 82, and I don't know what the official high was at the Climate Center, or mm-hmm. at, at uh, over at NIST, but, um, yeah, it had to be pretty close to 80. Yeah. I would say. Nowhere near the record high, though. The record high is somewhere like 86 wow. this time of year, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got pretty warm, but nothing crazy. We don't really have the southerly flow to support crazy record highs. <laughs> And, just, and we had too many clouds. Yeah. And it rained. And lately we've just been in, well, since the front moved through yesterday, we've just been in basically sort of a monsoon type flow where you get this, you know, instability and you get these uh, weak disturbances moving through yeah. for afternoon evening storms and then it tapers off in the evening hours. So when's the monsoon season in Boulder, Colorado? Dude, don't even mention that. I don't want to think about the monsoon. <laughs> I think there's a couple. There's two peaks. Um, yeah, when's it typically start? Is right? there one in like early June or is it not like, early June? Is it late May? Or? Well, I mean, the monsoon you know can vary based on year. Okay, but but yeah, in general, it's like late June it starts. And then you have another, and then you might have multiple peaks, one then and then one later in July, I think. Then pretty much by, you know, first week or two of August, it's wrapping up. Yeah. Although yeah. last year it seemed like it. Oh yeah, last well, year. Was, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so every year is different. Yeah, I mean, all you need is a big high pressure over the central part of the U.S. I guess. This could be a future pumping up the moisture from. I mean, this could California. be. You could discuss it even more, but this could be a future podcast. Is this really a monsoon? Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not a monsoon. It's not really. How does a monsoon form? Uh, was classical feature of. Uh, it's mostly no. Being, we can do. We can talk about it later. <laughs> we only talk about well, it today. Yeah, well, we can talk about it briefly. You know, sure. Mostly a temperature contrast between the land and the ocean. Yeah. And you get seasonal shifts. Um, like over Asia, you get the uh, Asian monsoon or the Indian. Uh, over India, you get the Indian yeah, summer you get Indian monsoon. monsoon. Southwest monsoon, right? So you, you got get Southeast Asia monsoon. Mm-hmm. You get. Yeah. A lot of monsoon pretty much everywhere. Anywhere there's so, ocean next to land. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So over India, you have... In the summer. Increase, like, large amount of surface heating over the... the Tibetan Plateau, uh, over, right? Yeah, over the Tibetan Plateau. And that fuels um, a low pressure to develop, mm-hmm. which brings in... Rising air. Rising air and southerly flow to evict in moisture um, into India. But then the wintertime, you get strong cooling... Over Siberia, I believe, yes. or Tibetan mm-hmm. plateau. Yeah, both. And yeah, but mostly it's a black plateau. It's sort of like so a, the wind shifts the other way. So it's sort of like a cold. It's um, a giant sea breeze, a essentially. Giant high pressure that just flows. Sea breeze? You mean land breeze? Well, yeah, land in the breeze. winter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, land breeze. In the Sorry, winter. man. A land breeze meaning it comes from the. Sorry, right. I never lived next to an ocean. <laughs> So in the wintertime, you get a large high pressure over, say, India and Asia, and then that flows towards the uh, Indian Ocean and parts of the Pacific, Western Pacific. So that gives you this contrast in 
precipitation more in the summer and also decreased amounts in the winter. In Colorado, get monsoon even if we don't really see the ocean or we're in the middle of the continent pretty much? Well, they call it the Arizona summer monsoon. Um, yeah, it's very loose. I don't know if it technically occurs in the winter, I'm not sure. but North American monsoon. North American monsoon, yeah. That's another term. but That's another term, yeah. But yeah, it's not nowhere near as cool as Asia's. But, you know, it still, you know, gives us a, the general southwesterly flow in the summertime. Cool. Full of moisture in the warm Gulf of California yeah. and Pacific. But, yeah, that's a topic of another time. We got, you know, at least another six weeks until that even you know, thinks about starting. <laughs> but, yeah, recently it's been feeling like the monsoon. Afternoon storms. It's not something you typically see in May. Yeah. May's more about stratiform type events. Yeah. Mm. With some thunderstorms too, but you know the big stuff stratiform. Yeah. Like last weekend. <laughs> Not much thunder going on out there. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So. So we good with past weather, I guess. Pretty much summed everything up. I can't think of anything else, Joseph. Anything Not exciting? Really. It's pretty warm these days. Yeah. Nothing really going on. Pretty it's much. Good. Good weather for hiking in the morning and. Don't yeah, go out in the afternoon, otherwise you'll get caught in that storm. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. We'll see. This weekend's going to be rough. But, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So we'll give you some highlights of next week's weather, which will be basically, was that May 4th through, basically May 4th through the 10th, I guess. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so. What do we got going on? Well, Another we have- active pattern. Yeah, it stays active, actually. We have a couple... It's been crazy. A couple upper-level low-pressure systems coming in to affect Colorado. Actually, two of them. We have one that's going to come in roughly the Tuesday-Wednesday time frame um, when we're looking at these models. And what I want to tell you is that we look at several different um, uh, weather prediction models. They're called like numerical weather prediction. Um, they come from... Um, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. So let's break um, it down for the viewers. What do these models really do? So so, let's think, like, in their basic essence, what are they? So these models take in a variety of data, both at the surface and at the upper levels. Um, it can be um, balloon data that goes up into the upper atmosphere and measures, mm-hmm. say, temperature, humidity, wind speed, wind direction at various... Um, levels of the atmosphere going up into um, say above maybe 20 kilometers yep. but stops about there because the balloon eventually pops as it gets um, the re- reduced air pressure up there and the uh, balloon expands and eventually pops yeah. I believe <laughs> yep. that's, how it that's the worst thing <laughs> waiting for that balloon to pop so, so you, you have see the, you push the button and turn it off so you have the upper air observations from the balloons mm-hmm. you also we got surface observations taken from all over the country and you also have in the world, yeah. Also, ship observations and satellite data that measure the atmosphere yeah. from above. Mm-hmm. So they basically take anything they can and try and get it in there. You know, there's lots of people out there working on just getting these different data sets incorporated into the models. So yeah, you just stick all that data in there, and then what do the models consist of? Just uh, a, bunch of fi- a bunch of physical math equations. Just M A T H math. Essentially math. <laughs> And some parameter, much. and parameterizations. It's pretty much supercomputers doing math. Yeah, Basically. physics and math. You think you could run the GFS on a computer at home? Uh, probably not. Yeah, it'll <laughs> probably crash. Yeah. So the GFS is global forecast model. <laughs> global, global forecast system GFS. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So generally, the governments are control these, right? Yeah. The um, different governments of the world. I believe it's in Maryland that has the supercomputers. NSEP, right? NSEP, yeah, National Center for Environmental Prediction. I think they use Yellowstone, though. What's that? Yellowstone? Oh, the new... Up in Wyoming, the supercomputers. I think they use Yellowstone to run higher resolution models. I I believe so. What's Yellowstone for our viewers, our listeners? The supercomputers? (laughs) That's the name of the computers, or it's literally in Yellowstone? No, I think it's it's not in Yellowstone. It's in Wyoming. It's in oh. Wyoming. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> is it at the University of Wyoming? I'm not sure. Maybe in Cheyenne, or is it? I'm not sure. I don't think I don't think you Wyoming is in Cheyenne. Is it in Cheyenne? 
Anyway, off top. So what are the main? <laughs> so what are what are the main models we use? What do you guys like? So there's different, lots of different varieties, right? You got so, GFS. GFS goes is um, not as high res as this um, North American mesoscale or NAM model. The GFS goes actually extended um, up to beyond ten days. Yeah, um, don't believe any forecast. Anything beyond, beyond ten days. Anything beyond. Whoa, you guys don't trust the hurricane. On, you guys don't trust the hurricane on Wednesday. <laughs> So in the GFS, there's a supposed potential hurricane developing Maybe off, storm. off the southeast, um, off the coast of the Atlantic. Yeah, uh, right off of Florida. Off the coast of the eastern U.S., over like the Carolinas. <laughs> yeah, you may, I don't know. It's been showing up pretty consistently, so I have to watch out for that, but I don't know. It's, re- it's really an early hurricane, or early for tropical storms, right? I mean, this is hurricane season, technically starting yeah, today. Yeah, it, it started, yeah. But, I don't know. But anyways, yeah, so the GFS, the NAM, as we're going to call these models, you know, throughout the podcast, the Euro and on the model. website. Yeah, the NAM model is more focused on, its grid area is focused on primarily the United States, mm-hmm. whereas the GFS is a global model and incorporates global observations. Um, and I believe the NAM uses data from the GFS to initialize its boundary conditions, mm-hmm. like uh, at the edges of the domain, but I'm not yeah, I'm not sure either. I know it's nested. So it's nested in some way. Isn't it? The, the NAM model? Yeah, right. How I mean, it gets its boundary conditions. I mean, yeah, it has to be nested because it's just due North, North America, America or the continental U.S. itself. What do you guys prefer? I prefer I'm more of a GFSer. I prefer the GFS because I have more understanding of its biases and its... Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I prefer a Euro model. However... Really? You go Europe? Yeah. So the, so the European model is called ECMWF, which is the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecast. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Pretty much. They made a weird acronym, but it works. They and, got it. But Most people however, call it the Euro. A lot of, yeah, a lot of forecasters in the weather service um, tend to trust it more than the GFS in some, some, some storms. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all personal preference, I guess. However, the big major winter storm that hit Boston... This past winter, oh uh, yeah, that was all a story. the forecasters followed the European model, but the GFS was actually more accurate. Yep. So Euro model was wrong for thumbs down, <laughs> thumbs down <laughs> for, for the Euro model. So the main thing is that not so yep. the main thing here is not one of those models is going to be the most accurate. It depends on they're all they're all going to be uncertain at some point. It's just different math. Yeah, presented by different people, different equations. Well, similar equations, yeah. but just different interpretations, and yeah. I mean, you different. have to. You certain have things to. are parameterized in certain models. Yes, it? I yeah, totally. Different ways of simulating the data as well. Yeah, too. They all take in yeah. different things. Use different land. I mean, we can talk about Models how to day. solve momentum equation and the linearity next do time. Let's do it. I got the whiteboard ready. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we don't want to go with that. So yeah, you're, you were getting into basically you should you know you should look at a variety of these models to understand yeah what's going to go on in the next five to ten days or three to five days. Yeah, the model, each model has its own kind of perspective, and you know them using them together is your most powerful thing you can have as a forecaster. You yeah. know, you shouldn't just trust one in all situations. There's also this term called ensemble. Ensemble models are not beast. really models, but they basically combine all these mm-hmm. models together to get sort of an, un, um, you know, it's basically a spread or uncertainty of, um, say, like a five to ten day forecast or three to five days of yep. where these storms are going to go. And so it gives the forecaster more stuff to look at and figure out how, um, how do these models compare and what's the uncertainty. AKA confuse themselves. <laughs> It can also confuse you a lot more. <laughs> so, when you, so when you think about Boulder, what oh. do we got going on next week? So we have two systems. One that's going to approach roughly Tuesday, Wednesday. And this, mm-hmm. uh, it's like an upper-level storm. Um, and the GFS is coming in from basically the Baja, like Southern California. Mm-hmm. It'll bring in, obviously, some um, tropical moisture from the Pacific. Yeah, that's, a, that's the interesting thing about this storm. It's really got a more of a southerly approach to Colorado compared mm-hmm. to the last few. It's kind of slid over mm-hmm. from more of a northwest direction or a straight westerly direction. So this has the potential to be... This could um, have some serious moisture with it. 
it could definitely be um, very helpful to southeastern Colorado, which has a large drought still mm-hmm. potentially. And parts of us in Boulder County and parts of the uh, South Platte, we're actually doing pretty well in terms of the drought. Um, we have, I believe there's not really a drought over in our area. Nope, but Colorado is not, is or, sorry, our county is not in a drought <laughs> at all. So, but over southeast Colorado, it's still um, pretty severe drought, um, even parts of western and southwest Colorado. Um, the snowpack in southwest Colorado is actually pretty low. Um, right now, it's about 30% of average. Um, and where? Southwest? Southwest Colorado. San Juans are pretty below normal, so they haven't got a lot of snow this past winter. So, San Grays are pretty low, too. San Grays. But over our area and parts of the continental divide in northern northeast Colorado was doing pretty well. Knew why last time I checked we were in the right around ninety eight percent of normal or something. So that's that's pretty good. Not including yeah, that would be yeah. That was including the last storm. And the peak snow melt the starts Platte. yeah. The peak is like right around what, late May or late April, early May. Yep. For the sh- peak peak snowpack. Yep. Pretty much past that at this point. So anything we get now is basically just basically just not much going to help, really. Yeah, I mean, the sun angle's getting too high and the temperatures are warming up too much. It's not, you know, snowpack's going down big time. Yeah. So we have that one system that's going to come in from Baja. That's going to approach basically Tuesday night, early Wednesday, and it looks the potential to give us tropical moisture and good upslope conditions. Um, and then we have a secondary one that's going to kind of uh, come in from the Gulf of Alaska, um, so right now, it's basically over the Pacific Ocean. So basically, the the Western Pacific, I would believe. It's off the map right now. It's off the map. <laughs> it's, it's, off our, it's off our scale looking at the GFS, which is centered <laughs> on the U.S. Somewhere um, in Alaska right now. But it's basically 60 hours away from reaching onshore, which will be parts of Washington State and Alberta. Yep, and Seattle on Tuesday. We've been tracking the GFS to see what... Where the, what the system is going to do, and the models are basically all over the place. We look at the European model, the GFS, we even look at the ensemble uh, spread, and it looks like the system could either uh, be centered over Nevada on Thursday, it could be um, one solution a couple of days ago headed over Montana, and the 18Z run yesterday... Yeah, huh. The previous run yesterday had it over Colorado Friday and Saturday. So this has large implications for the commencement um, forecast for next weekend, May May ninth. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's far out, and there's all you know. There's another cutoff system, so you know those are gonna be extremely difficult to tell where they're gonna go and how they're gonna evolve. So by cutoff, we mean that the upper level jet stream or the system is basically cut off from the upper-level jet stream, which steers the um, low-pressure system. And when that happens, it basically can be somewhat stationary until another um, another jet advects in and um, helps push that system out. And where what happens to that system when it's in that mm-hmm. cutoff, um, when it's in that area where it's not being basically pushed by anything, is the models have a hard time um, predicting what's going to happen to it. and um, Yeah, I mean, they just don't know how it's going to strengthen, where it's going to, yeah, whatever it's going to do. It's not much going on. There's not much advection of all going on because everything is kind of, yeah. Yeah, but so it looks like the main time frame for Circulating that. Circulating around each other. So, yeah. yeah, so we have that system Tuesday, Wednesday, and that would probably likely be a pretty wet Wednesday, I believe. Oh, pretty much, yeah. should be Tuesday and Wednesday and look pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> and then depending on that secondary track of that second storm um, we could get another round Friday and Saturday um, but it'll depend on the exact track of that because um, depending on where that system goes could be potentially upslope conditions or downslope conditions and upslope produces that moisture over Boulder County that we need for precipitation and then mm-hmm. Uh, downslope winds will create drying conditions by sinking air. So um, that's the uncertainty there. We we have a map here yeah. um, from Ben that pulled up on his uh, computer, <laughs> looking at the basically the ensemble spread of potential precipitation totals for next week 
and they're kind of all over the place but they're some of them are actually over an inch to two inches of rain yeah i mean i think it's totally possible given the setup you know we're gonna have the connection to the pacific moisture yeah yeah so you know in a slow moving system kind of sitting over us for days you know the afternoon heating you know we're gonna have a lot of different factors so i think it's totally reasonable but we you know there's not much you can really say about it at this point i would say yeah as far as exactly what's going to happen other than it's going to be a pretty ugly week <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like a pretty in another, general it looks like another wet week at least through at least mid to late week i would believe what's your gut feeling for commencement on saturday my gut feeling well it's hard because i have a hope that it'll be dry because you can get nice pictures outside but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well someone's graduating with his phd yeah, yeah. You can hold that up in front of yeah. Chautauqua, put it on so, the flat irons. Yeah, I want it to be sunny so my family can see the mountains. But if it's cloudy, then you can't see the mountains, and then you're basically going to get rained on when you're accepting your diploma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or so, get struck by lightning, possibly, too. Yeah. Wow, that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Ah, speaking so. of which, I saw this video today. Yes. I saw this awesome video where this, it was like a security camera from an ATM. That was like pointed out, and this lightning struck this tree in the parking lot, oh. and the tree like exploded into like a million pieces. And they and they had it slowed down, wow, like super slow motion. This like lightning striking this tree, and then it just got like vaporized. Like, into, Ma- like, like Matrix the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't that good. It was like a crappy ATM camera, but it was like pretty amazing what happened to this tree. And I mean, like, it's weird how like some trees just get struck by lightning and like are totally fine. And you can, like, hardly tell. You know, they probably, I guess, die, but some of them catch yeah. on fire and, like, whatever. But this tree totally exploded. So I'm just, like, wondering what could have possibly caused that, you know? Wow. wow. Like, water inside instantly turning to, like, water vapor and exploding? Yeah, that's, that's probably a good, good idea. I don't know. I don't really know the physics behind it, but <laughs> what do you think, Joseph? I guess it's just so dry or something like that. It's just shatter. You don't right think it's way. moisture? Maybe it's a dead tree, too, maybe. Yeah, no, it was alive. Possibly. Oh, it's alive. alive. Okay. I mean, it was like a green little bushy, twenty foot tall tree. Wow. But then I, I got really bored at work and looked up more of these videos, and they exist too. But nothing got vaporized as much. You know, they just get destroyed. I'll show you guys after this podcast. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So. So my gut feeling is, um, this upper level system, I'm thinking it's probably gonna. Well, the the latest runs have been um, pushing it over basically Nevada, as we go into like. Thursday and early Friday, and that seems to be um, a logical um, path that this storm would take. Um, the earlier runs headed over Montana, which didn't seem to be as logical, given... Um, you trust the Canadians? Just that the nature of these cutoff lo- <laughs> the nature of these cutoff lows... Oh, okay, so the Canadian has it over. Canadian has, <laughs> Canadian has their own model, which everyone doesn't like, but I'm just showing it right now, <laughs> just to be funny, because we all know it's bad. <laughs> So that seems to be a logical path of these cutoff lows. They will kind of tend to move, kind of retrograde towards mm-hmm. the southwest before they get kicked out again by the upper level jet. But yeah. that's just um, a bias in my forecasting skills. <laughs> so what's your so your opinion is for Saturday? So for Saturday, um, I'm hopeful that um, with the system, it'll be over Nevada, say Thursday, early Friday, but then that will push east. Um, as we go into Saturday. So, depending on the track of that, I don't know whether it's going to be downslope conditions on Saturday, but I'm hopeful that maybe we'll get some uh, sunshine early in the morning, but we probably would get some afternoon storms, I believe, because Uh-oh. a couple of um, model solutions were showing with that system another backdoor cold front coming in, and so when you have the upper-level energy um, divergence and with the backdoor front, you're going to have that potential um, forcing for precipitation amounts, I believe. Your thoughts, everybody, anybody else? Well, as <laughs> far as weather, I think it's too early to call. You know, that's eight days out. But the only forecast that will definitely verify is Boulder is going to be crazy on Saturday. There's going to be reason. so much traffic. Every restaurant's going to be full. Every street's <laughs> going to be a giant mess. Yeah, you don't want to stay be, out of Boulder if you don't have to be in Boulder to watch your kid walk across the stage. <laughs> don't go don't go to Pearl Street because you won't be able to get into a restaurant, I believe. Oh yeah, you won't be you'll be waiting hours to get a meal anywhere. 
don't go to the buff restaurant on Sunday morning for breakfast because you'll probably be waiting three hours. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. The buff. You not want to be there. It'll, it's not, it will not only be graduation weekend, but also be Mother's Day. So, Ooh. Well, it could be a so combination. Be combination. Some of the, uh, not just the seniors are going to be bringing in the crowds. You know, mothers will be in town for, wow, that's like a perfect storm. <laughs> it's a perfect storm for traffic jams and restaurant wait times. So Ben's right, and it looks pretty uncertain for the forecast for next weekend, but a little bit more confident that we'll at least get some rain by the middle of next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and that's good for now. It looks kind of, I don't know, average to above average temperatures, would you say? Yeah, especially outside of days where we don't get rainfall. We'll probably get to the 70s, I believe. Yeah. Maybe some 80s if we get some, some downslope winds. Maybe. Yeah. Could be. If the, potentially, if the winds is blowing from south, yeah, potentially. Potentially after that one system moves through like yeah. early Friday. Yeah, 70s isn't good. Maybe 80. I but, think, but we'll see. That's all we had for that. Nothing you can. So we went, when next we wanted to go into... Uh, uh, what do we got? We to look into basically the month ahead. So talk about the, like what's going to happen for the month of May. Or um, We can't give, really give you specifics, but we can give you kind of general trends maybe of... Basically right now we're in sort of an active pattern, and the question is, is that going to continue? Are we going to see... A dry May? Are we going to see a, a hot month of May? I'm glad you asked. Ben, <laughs> any comments with that, Ben? Fun fact, May is Boulder's wettest month. Did you guys know that? I actually read that post today on bouldercast.com. Yeah, and well... I actually didn't know that. I thought maybe that um, March and April, one of those months, would have been the wettest month because we tend to get our biggest snowstorms in March and April. But Yeah, that was it's kind of interesting. I wasn't even sure it was May, but... Now we know. Is this Boulder or is this Denver? <laughs> that is Boulder. I'm not sure about Denver. I think Denver's similar as well. Should be. Okay. But yeah, in May we get, wait for it, three inches of rain in Boulder. Well, precinct. That's on average? Yep, on average three inches. That's apparently our wettest month. Wow. So April must be like... Yeah, over two inches. It was like two point nine, so it's they're right. really close. But yeah, May is the wettest month, so yeah. And this week looks like it'll deliver part of that three inches, yeah, at de- least maybe more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, and um, did you know the average high for today is sixty five degrees? I knew it had to be somewhere in the sixties. Really? I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I believe like it's very similar to. Um, Boulder's weather, its averages, seems to be similar to my hometown in St. Louis. I mean... Yeah, St. Louis is pretty warm. St. Louis's average high right now is like 72. What? So it's that only warm? About, yeah. Wow. That's really warm. So it's only about... Pennsylvania's in the 50s. So it's only a few degrees... <laughs> Cornell's in the 20s? <laughs> <laughs> so it's only a few degrees warmer than Boulder's average high right now. Interesting. So they seem to track each other pretty well, for the most part. Not always, but... Hurricane... <laughs> um, so, yeah, so yeah, 65 degrees But by the end of the month, we get all the way up to 72 degrees, I think For the average high The last day of May So yeah, we get a significant jump over the course of the month, 7 degrees <laughs> That's not a lot <laughs> It's kind of a lot Not as much as, say, well, you assume, last month You assume a plus or minus 10 to 15 yeah, uh, sp- spread Steam deviation, whatever, but yeah yeah, but yeah, we'll be warming up. And when do you guys think the average last frost in Boulder is? If you didn't read it today, um, I think I might have heard this in the past. I'm gonna guess maybe May sixth or maybe somewhere in early Mar- early May. Probably mid May. Apparently, it is May third. Oh, oh. <laughs> but there's a pretty large spread on that as well. You know, there's some. You know, it's in April a lot. It's in May a lot. So. You know, we're looking for our last frost. When you can put your plants outside, start planting some flowers and have no worries. It's looking like that maybe it's looking like maybe that may have that we may have reached um, you know, that this point where we're not gonna get another frost. I yeah. want I don't wanna say for sure, but the pattern we're in right now seems to be not not favorable for another frost. Yeah. 
just given the increase. Yeah, I mean, there's so much moisture at this point. A lot of it's moisture. It's hard to get below there. A lot of moisture, cloud cover to prohibit radiational cooling at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's not looking good for another frost, so, so you get your plants going. I already put my um, <laughs> my little tree, which is in my pot outside my balcony. So you know, cactus. And Ben put <laughs> Ben put his cacti outside. Yep, I was put my cacti outside yesterday, and the neighbor was like watching me do it. He's like <laughs> watching me carry this six foot tall cactus outside, <laughs> waddling like a duck, trying to like carry this hundred pound plant. So yeah. <laughs> Don't like doing that too much, so hopefully it doesn't get below freezing again. <laughs> yeah. So odds are we, we, we've passed the uh, the point for the frost, but we don't want to... There still is that outside chance that, that it could happen. <laughs> yeah. But definitely not this weekend or next... But next year, or... apparently it's going to be an El Nino. Yeah. Everything I was reading <laughs> and, and looking at all the different forecasts and predictions, so... Yeah, it seems like it could be an El Nino next year. They said it could be a significant one. Which would be good for California because um, they're in a pretty severe drought. And and El Nino would bring um, greater subtropical jet across California, at least Southern California. Yeah. There's actually a negative correlation in the Northwest, right? Yeah. Isn't it drier in the Northwest during El Nino? Um, I'm not sure. Pacific Northwest? Yeah, so... Not sure. Yeah, you get a strength and dilution low, I believe. But that's a topic for another time. <laughs> that's a topic for another situation. We're getting closer, and we'll have to think about the El Nino forecast a little more. So, but moving so, forward with May. So Ben, is it gonna stay active through uh, most of May? Or are we gonna maybe go into a big ridge that's gonna be your glorious weather? <laughs> what do you guys think about this Climate Prediction Center forecast for May? I mean, the pattern looks active for the next it looks very 10 to 15 days, just based on the weather models that we use, but, you know, we don't really trust them. It looks very similar to what we've been experiencing in the past week or two, um, where we get these cutoff lows that yep. kind of move over the southwest U.S. and invect Gulf and Pacific moisture into parts of the Plains and parts of Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm not sure if it's going to verify, but <laughs> I'm more of a short-term forecaster Me in the three-to-five-day range. <laughs> I'm more like 24-hour range. You can look at <laughs> I can look at trends maybe 10 days out using the GFS, but it's pretty. it tends to get less reliable yeah. at that point. <laughs> not reliable at all to me. I think so. The main thing for looking at long-term stuff would be if you're looking at the... Um, 10-day forecast, you'd want to look at more or less look at the upper-level features because the surface features are going to be more uncertain beyond, say, five days, at least in my opinion. So you can look at more or less the trough ridge pattern in the upper levels. That's what I tend to look at. It seems to be a little more reasonable. And then when you get closer to the Mm -hmm. day, you can kind of fine-tune those details and look at precipitation and uh, temperatures and things like that. Yeah, but I agree, but so do we agree with the Climate Prediction Center or no? So the forecast from the Prediction Center calls for basically near normal to slightly below average temperatures mm. over parts of eastern Colorado and southeast Colorado with also also increased moisture, increased moisture over um, uh, Colorado for the month of May. Um so whether the, whether I agree with them or not, I have no idea. I mean, it looks reasonable for, I'd say, the first 10, at least first 10 days of May. So I guess they, they saw something in their long-range models that, you know, hints that that's going to continue. So Yeah, maybe we're seeing maybe some signs of the um, El Nino pattern, although it has less of an impact um, in the spring and summer months. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I think it's a good forecast. I think we'll have a cool May after last summer, right? Last summer was pretty. It was warm. pretty. I. I am not sure. I think, actually. So. I think I think May was pretty warm. Yeah. I'm not, I can't At change. least when I was running Boulder Boulder, it was pretty warm. Yeah. Oh yeah! There you go. Yeah. That was beautiful. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was uh yeah I don't know I wasn't I was outside the country so I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. So Ben was in uh, Greenland. Where, where were you? Yep, Greenland. Green, Greenland. Doing some research for his uh, master's degree. Actually, that was in June, not May. But either way. Oh, in June. <laughs> <laughs> either way, I missed it. Okay. I missed some nice summer weather, which I hate. Uh, okay. But well, I believe when he came back, it was a huge ridge. Oh, yeah. It was nice when I got back. <laughs> 90s. That's how I like it. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I guess that. Yeah, so May should be wetter and maybe. Slightly cooler than normal. But that's not to say you're going to get those occasional 80s, uh, potentially mid-80s, I believe, probably. Yeah. Just, just given the spread of range of temperatures you can get. Yep. After after the storm, when the ridge come over. Yeah, like a weak ridge or, you know, downslope. Or the week after, we have more stable air Yeah. coming in. Anyway, anything else you want to say about the month of May or... No, I guess not. Seems like we should be seeing some more active stormy weather. Some better thunderstorms. At least for a couple more weeks, because it looks like a pretty active pattern we're going to be in. And we're getting a severe weather season. You know, May and June and July. Yeah, yeah. Kind of ramping up a little bit. So we'll be seeing some more warnings popping up around the area. Yeah. Probably not for Boulder, though. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. So we had some interesting stuff to share with you about the um, recent volcano that's been going over um, Chile um, in South America. Um, some interesting photos of... Uh, Calbuco. Of actually... What, what's the As volcano called? Calbuco. I guess. Calbuco <laughs> volcano. All right. Which uh, spewed a large amount of um, debris and like sulfur and other... Pollutants, I believe, yeah, into ash. the into the, into the stratosphere, and I think even flights were delayed um, at one point um, for a few days. Yeah, I'm sure it had to be. Probably blew all the way over and took over. I don't know Brazil. So, could this potentially be something to maybe uh, implication for the summer forecast? Maybe if uh, maybe this would. Um, I wonder how long it takes propagate up into the northern hemisphere is it like a month or two or? i know it's these, hard to cross the equator for these yeah. volcanic aerosols the equator's dead as far as probably need to transport over the stratosphere rather than through the troposphere yeah that's what i think but the transport between two hemispheres <laughs> in the stratosphere can be quick though. do you know how there's like a Few weeks or a month? No, probably like, probably like in, in the order of months. Yeah, to cross. Do you know like what amount of ash was ejected for this one? Wow, I, I I do not know. I mean, like in relationship to like past volcan or er, volcanic eruptions, like Pinatubo in the nineties. Probably not, not a lot. Not as bad as Pinatubo. Probably not. Is it still? Going the imagery on? looks amazing. So I don't yeah. Know. Is it still going on now? Or is it? Um, as far as I know, it had several. Big eruptions, but I'm not sure if it's still going. So how on. long was Pinatubo? Did that last over like several days, or was it just like large? Couldn't tell you that either. Okay, <laughs> it's really huge eruption. I don't know if it was that crazy, but so how do you measure how huge it is? Just like how how much it gets spewed out into the stratosphere? I'm just thinking for how much is this going to improve our quality of sunsets? <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> Quality of sunsets, right? We know the extra sulfur in the in yeah. the upper atmosphere really makes the sunsets beautiful. Like the early nineties had some nice sunsets, apparently. Yeah, but I. But you weren't even born. Maybe you were. What? I was. Nineteen ninety one. You were alive. I was. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I was only like two years old. What I'm saying years is, old. sulfur is not that good for global cooling, man. Yeah. But it's not that good. So the for stra- volcanic the aerosols, the volcanic aerosols can spew a large amount of this um, dust in the stratosphere and can uh, reflect a lot of the solar radiation uh, coming into the atmosphere, um, which could lead to a slight cooling um, after these volcanic eruptions. Um, and they're more temporary unless they're actually, you know, um, spew out over a large number of. Um, long, long, longer time period as opposed to maybe a week or two or a few days 
in that sense. So we're looking at the um, eruption of uh, what's Pinatubo? Pinatubo, oh, amazing in the Philippines, which occurred in 1991. So apparently, yeah. it, it basically all occurred within a few days in June. Yeah, I think it so. wasn't like extremely long, but there was some big eruptions. It is a really big. The second eruption. largest eruption in the 20th century. Yeah, it's, it's an eruption that is highly studied by atmospheric chemists. Everyone knows about Pinatubo. So we had a, a global cooling that occurred after Pinatubo, um, I believe for a couple years maybe? Or, yep, um, it's, a, it's visible in all the data. And you can see it in the global temperature observations. And Yeah, so not much to say about that, but it's pretty cool if you guys so, go online and Google... Kalbuko eruption. How do you spell that? C A L B U C O. Pretty cool. You can get some pretty crazy shots with some yeah. sunsets. You know, the big. It looks like a giant nuclear explosion. And you can get mushroom uh, Some pictures too of the lightning actually that occurred from the eruption too. Yeah. So those big. So what happens? So big what balls of. So what happens there? Is there like a? So you get a general charge in the atmosphere. Like in the free atmosphere. Yep. Um, what do you have? Like what? Is it like negative charge at the surface or something like that? Positive at the surface, right? In like the clear air. Oh. It's like negatively charged, I guess. Maybe. Well, I don't know. What what causes the <laughs> the lightning that you see? I mean, it's the same thing you get in a normal thunderstorm, right? You got these big updrafts carrying the charge from the surface up into the you know upper layers that. of the atmosphere, and that's creating the separation of charges. It's the same thing going on in the volcano. It's got... And it can happen in wildfires too, right? Pyrocumulus clouds, they're called. Yeah. Pyrocumulonimbus. Get some rain in there too. <laughs> That's even more amazing. But yeah, you guys check it out. Look for some... You can see some of the amazing photography from down there. Yeah, some really nice photos. Some of the lightning strikes in there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Don't see that too often. You need a pretty big eruption. Anything else we want to discuss before we uh, close it out here for this podcast? Um, I guess not. I think we got everything covered. So. The initial podcast. <laughs> we're, not, we're not sure how often Woo-hoo. we'll do these podcasts, but maybe, potentially maybe a few a month. Um, yeah, we got pretty busy lives. We both have jobs we need to attend to and, <laughs> and hikes we need to do in the summer. Yep. We got our nine to fives. We got our weekend mountain excursions. Playoff hockey, you know, playoff basketball, and NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on, but we do like talking about the weather. So Summer camp, probably. baseball. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got a lot. But we'll probably try and shoot for more than once a month, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, we want to verify the forecast, right? Yeah, we like talking about the weather, so probably, yeah, once or twice, a few times per month, I'd say. Yeah, on a regular you, basis. Yeah, we can talk about how to solve the momentum equation next time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll be a fun one. One thing you could do, you can subscribe to our website. Um, again, that's bouldercast.com. And what would they on, get by subscribing to that? Um, you subscribe to it. You can put in your email address, and you can get um, updates whenever we post an update for like a forecast. Um, um, we could forecast for a variety of things for like. A hiking forecast, especially when we hike up in the 14ers in the summer, you need to know what day, yeah. what day to go, and avoid the thunderstorm activity. You know, with the monsoons around, you gotta kind of pick and choose what days you want to make your summit attempts on the 14ers. With the monsoon, so you get daily up, you'll get updates for posts on weather forecasts, and you'll get historical weather posts that'll be. So you'll just be, um, you'll be right in the loop for any updates that come up. Yep, and it'll come right to your email box, and you know we don't spam that too much you know we post you know a few articles a week you know different things what's going to happen in the weather wise some interesting past weather or you know just some cool fun stuff that we think would be interesting for you guys yeah. to hear about to learn about more about weather in boulder and you know what's going on around you every day you can also follow us on facebook and uh twitter yep that's um, you can find us at bouldercast on facebook and also at bouldercast on twitter on twitter as well that will be a more frequent update, more frequent updates with, you know, small posts, you know, daily forecast, what's going on outside type of thing. Um, you know, that'll keep you up to date if you're kind of the person that likes to have that going on in Twitter. And if you're also um, more inclined, you can also email us. 
um, at bouldercast.outlook.com. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts you'd like to um, to know, and you can also post this on our forums on our website. Um, if you go to our website and click on the forums, um, you can post a question for us, and we can um, give you a shout out and also discuss. Yeah, who doesn't want a shout out? And we can also answer your questions on the podcast. Yeah, we're always looking for more questions. You know, there's, I get lots of questions from people. You know, just from colleagues and co-workers, friends about what's going on in the weather. Yeah, is it going to rain tomorrow? Yeah, is it going to rain tomorrow? Yeah. Why yeah. did we get hail today? Yeah. You know, different kind of questions like that. You know, you, I'm sure you guys have plenty of questions out there, that's the listeners. So, <laughs> yep, shoot it to us. We'll be happy to answer them. And we will, yeah. And with that, I guess we will uh, bid you adieu, and we will say have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Yep. This is Ben here, and I'd just like you to spread the word about BoulderCast if you like what you're reading, what you're seeing and hearing, and tell all your friends. See you guys later. See you next time.